You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint. Hello, this is the Texas Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler. This is Clint. What's up, y'all? And we are back with episode 94. And today we bring you a Valentine's edition (laughs) yeah uh so everybody knows kind of our podcast is basically me and tyler just going over the sessions going into the interesting situations we find ourselves in the uh in the kind of in the poker world we uh we you know it's we make some strategy with just some kind of like storytelling and bs (laughs) less strategy more storytelling of what happened in the the experience of the Texas poker. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because you can get strategy a lot of other places. <laughs> and way better strategy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I have a hand in here that, I mean, if you're paying me for strategy, we just have to give you all the money back. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've all had a couple hands go off the rails. Uh, so I've kind of, we kind of thought uh, for this Valentine's Day. So I am fairly newly single. Fairly. And then you are as well. And how poker kind of relates to, like, the dating world. Because, so Tyler talked me into doing the speed dating event. And I, I so I, I end up going on there. And I always think of poker as, like, a good thing. Like, I, I meet a ton of interesting people playing poker. I get a ton of, like, different experiences I would not get if I were, if I didn't have it. So it's, I think of it as nothing as a po- but a positive. I have noticed, I mean, if you want to shut somebody down, that you bring up poker as something that you like to do, I mean, it is maybe the worst thing you could say. I mean, like, have you noticed this when you're kind of out in the scene, Tyler? Oh, I mean, when I tell people, one, I do a podcast, they say, like, Andrew Tate's podcast? I say, what? (laughs) (laughs) Then, and and it's about poker, and then, I mean... 100% 100% just shuts down everything. I Like, coming into it, I thought it was so shocking. Because I was like, well, you know, I've gone to, like, you know, seen different concerts at a casino when I was, like, you know, we're just going there for the poker. I you know, try to travel a lot. And I do. And the poker's the main reason I travel, but I'll do other things. So I thought of it as something that just people would be fascinated by and really enjoy <laughs> as something that, you know, you do. But man, I tell you what, once you get out of that poker community, it is it is rough. Here's a question for you. So not just in, you know, the dating poker, but I I've noticed a lot of people find poker as just straight up gambling, right? Correct. So what percent of the population, like you're gonna pull this percent out, but do you think gambles? has to be over 50 right i mean do you think no no it's no? way under 50 i think so you see i think maybe that's the issue because i'm sure you're right right because you're running the issue that you're talking to the what 70 percent of people who don't gamble and just look at poker as pure gambling and they don't gamble so they don't well, even know the difference let's say this also i think more men gamble than women right Yes. Well, what about slots? I mean, I consider slots more gambling than poker myself. Oh, no, 100%. But I I do feel like men are more prone to it. Like, I'd say three men for every one woman, right? Yeah. I mean, I can't argue that. So, So, yeah, it's a... uh, 
I guess like I can understand it from that point of view if you think it's just like straight gambling. You hear all the horror stories associated with gambling. Uh, if that's and that's what I guess goes through people's mind. I just it was so shocked. I mean, recently that speed dating thing. Like I just quit mentioning poker after like the fourth person because it was just it was just a shit show. And then I. Uh, so I don't do these apps at all, but Tyler convinced me to do the Facebook one uh, online. I was talking to this one girl, and she's like, what do you do for fun? And I'll, I name like nine things. I have a lot of interest. Poker is like in the middle, tucked in there. It's not standing out. <laughs> so the response I get back is, all that sounds great. But I just, I, except for poker, which is, I just don't understand how people can, they're hard-earned money. Like, and you can tell it just was a huge turnoff on there. <laughs> I, like, I don't even play that much. I couldn't even do my 20 hours a week last year. I mean, yeah. I mean, you, <laughs> this is the least of your worries on this. I, I honestly can't even seem to get myself to the table to get the content for the podcast some weeks because I'm working so much. Uh, but yeah, it's just such a weird, it, it's something that, Going into single life, I thought, I was like, this would be, you know, anything that makes you more interesting, different to stand out, I usually think is a good thing. I would have never realized how, like, how this is kind of perceived out in that world, though. Yeah, no, I think, um, well, you started tracking poker because of that stigma, right? That you're just gambling, losing money all the time. That's, That's actually a really good point. I was about to say, because a lot of times um, when I was talking to people um, about poker, I wouldn't show them my literal app, but I would tell them, you know, it's gambling in that exact moment, but it's over a long period of time. It's gambling with an edge, which has made a certain amount of money or at least, you know, money over the long term. Well, yeah, because I started tracking when I when I first got married, uh and the big thing was, is I know how this. Is, I didn't know realize how it was perceived, and if there was ever a question on like what you're doing with your money, you're throwing it away. Because I've seen people like, you know, be married and like you'll win like a thousand dollars one week, lose two hundred the next, and then you know the only thing that's remembered is the two hundred you lost. So I was like, well, I'll track and make sure this, you know, my wife knows. Hey, the money. This is where the money's coming from. This is how much it's cost. Either how much I'm making or how much it's costing me to play in the long run, and all that. I tell you what, <laughs> did not do anything. I mean, it was great for me as far as <laughs> learning like exactly how much money I was making. Did not make a dent on anyone else. I mean, nobody gives a shit. <laughs> Didn't it help though? Whenever you won a few tournaments or had big scores, didn't you say that was kind of a big turning point for that? I do think that that helped, but it didn't really. It, it that helped more so than the steady cash game, which is kind of weird coming from you know everybody who listens to this is going to know poker and realizes that a tournament is basically you're getting lucky in that given at that given time, and cash games are more steady and more relied upon. But I will say in that. It seems like the average person who doesn't play poker can wrap their head around a tournament, but not the cash game. One that kind of, you know, helped me, um, not with dating, but um, with the stigma, with um, family, right, was whenever I was still living at home when we started playing poker, 
bringing back the, the money, right? Having to go open up another bank account because you can't leave that kind of cash at the house. You know, yeah. people seeing that that money that you're bringing home, seeing it really puts um, kind of a reality to it. I mean, I tell you what, it's kind of tough to do that when you just start dating, when you're just trying to go on the first date, though. That's a... Uh... I mean, true, for the Valentine's sake. <laughs> yeah, but I was just... Man, yeah. <laughs> I was like, just walking around with this poker bank. <laughs> yeah. I'm off to the bank. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but I was just saying, that stigma, though, of the gambling, that um, I've noticed that that was a turning point for me, kind of how you were talking about the turning point for you was tracking it, um, actually bringing home that money and you know, having lots of money to show for it really helped. Yeah. Uh, so here's the question is, do you, how do you combat this? Do you just not mention the poker, like, until, like, you've started talking to somebody? Or is that, I mean, you really have to bring it up because it is kind of a big part of what we do. Um, I guess I'll tell you what I do. I normally bring it up lightly, but as things become more serious, I definitely don't hide it because if you end up in a relationship with that person and you're already playing poker before you're in the relationship, it's kind of what they signed up for, right? I mean, ideally, yes. No, I mean, it's exactly what they signed up for. This is what you do. They already know going into it. Oh, no, you're 100% right. I'm not sure. I mean, that logical doesn't always go into the thought process of everybody. So, but I mean, you're a hundred percent right. If you, I mean, cause your biggest thing is honesty, right? Is you're just being honest about what you do, kind of how you spend your time and all that. Correct. It's a, so it's kind of a, I mean, I will say it is kind of a different cause me and you look at it more as like a, an income, like a side job. No, hundred percent. There's, I mean, I can think of. What, how many sessions am I going to cover? Two or three? Two or three times I didn't want to go play this time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's very hard to explain to the average person, though. Like, this is a stream of steady income or anything like that. So also, going into a new relationship, you also got a time factor of, you know, me and you both, we don't do poker professionally, so we have a 40-hour-a-week job. At, at times where it doesn't even really that, that's in itself at its own uh, problem because we work kind of weird hours and then you, let's say we're getting 10 to 15 hours a week now my go-to has always been like well you could you should be able to do 55 hours a week at a regular job and still have time have enough time for everybody is my, was kind of my thinking right but my argument was always for that argument of yours was when you're in a relation. Well, this, you're still talking about dating, but I'm in a longer term relationship that if you, um, that time spent away, normally both parties would see a benefit, but if it's just going right into your poker bankroll, it's not exactly the same as working 55 hours at your job. That is true. Cause I mean, we've run into this a couple times is, it's what you're doing with the poker. Cause I've started, I ended up like probably about four months ago doing a lot of overtime and well, my overtime pay is bigger than my uh, poker bankroll. But the bigger part of it was when I would do overtime, it goes straight into my checking account. When I went at poker, I'm still not taking out a lot of that money. It's still just all going into that poker bankroll so I can grow it and play in bigger games and make more money. 
So, which is great for the long run, but in the short run does not really help me at that exact moment. So, you're right. It kind of is – it's hard to tell somebody like, well, this is the income and we're ma- I'm making money and that's what it is. But also, it's not going into the checking account that helps anything. So. <laughs> and you're also like, and I'm poor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have lots of money and I'm making money, a lot of it. But also have none. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I think it's kind of that fine fine line and kind of finding a balance. But I do think them knowing what they're getting into early is better than later. Oh, I 100% agree. I mean, especially but, if it's a deal breaker. Save everyone some time. Yeah. Get you back on the table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I think honesty is always going to be the best policy. I mean, in the relationship and... This is a horrible. I tell you what, nobody take relationship advice from me. I was about I'm to recently say. divorced. I mean, if you're taking relationship advice from me, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It's like it'd be like taking nutrition advice from someone who's 450 pounds. Yeah, uh, I was thinking because earlier in the podcast, I was going to tell you what I said in my relationship. I was like, you don't want that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> really, like we're we're speculating about what might work or what. We might try or help, but none of this is proven. <laughs> you know, all of this is... Well, of, wait, wait, wait. It is proven that the, <laughs> it hasn't worked out well for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, if anything, you should do the opposite of what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. So, happy Valentine's. Yeah. Yeah. Happy Valentine's. Yeah. It's a... Uh, so... But it's just kind of a weird... Uh, it was just a weird blur because it was. It, I just got like de- way different reactions than I would have thought. I would have never thought that uh, going into something. So it was, and like I say, just thinking about how poker, because the poker, how poker affects your life and like the other areas, because it's all one giant balance. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> what are you gonna try? I mean, I told you what I do. Are you gonna adjust your strategy, or are you just gonna keep on letting it burn? I think I'm just going to keep on letting it burn. I mean, yeah, just, like like you say, I, I, I still think honesty, like regardless of my past results, I still think that uh, honesty is the best policy in this. And, you know, it's hopefully you find that right person who just really uh, kind of understand, like they kind of get behind and understand. I mean, making your goals known and you have to have kind of similar goals and be on the same page or it's not going to work out in the long run anyways. Absolutely. Well, I guess I played a session on Valentine's day. Oh, well that's pretty interesting. I'll tell you what, lot, not many games on Valentine's day. Well, a lot of, a lot of of guys ended up, uh, not a, not single ended up having to go to those restaurants. I'll tell you what, not going out on Valentine's day. That's fine with me. I'm okay with that part of being single. <laughs> well, all right. Here's my first hand for you. Um, I get ace, queen, in early position. I make it 20. I get two callers, three ways to the flop. The flop comes 7, 10, 10. Um, it checks around. Ooh. Okay. Let me... You're in early position, ace, queen. You bet 20. I... I thought this would be a great time for a small bet because, I mean, you're probably going to be ahead a good portion of the time with ace high on this flop, right? Yeah, but I checked this time. Okay. Um, the turn is a king of hearts. I now, one of the, um, someone in the small blind leads up for $5, which it was, you know, $60 pot. Okay. I only call. 100%. This is... 
Yeah, I love this. I like this call a lot. The guy behind me calls. Okay. The river is a jack of diamonds. So now I have an ace high straight. Ace high straight. Okay. She now bets 80. And I mean, I was thinking, I was thinking um, it's a snap call, right? I mean, I think you can argue a raise here. Well, no, no. So, but you're definitely, you're definitely never, never folding. Okay, yeah, I mean, 100% you're never folding here. Yeah, we're just getting on the same page one at a time. Right. So then I debate raising. Okay. And then I'm thinking, I was like, well, I mean, how much am I going to raise in by in that deep? Am I going to ship it here? Like, because it's not that much more. It's not even three extra bet at my all in. It's about just over like two, like 2.2 of her bet. And I was like, well, maybe I better just call. I was like, because I, I mean, I really only allow boats to call me. So I yeah. only call. She flopped a boat with pocket sevens. I mean, this ended up being, look, I will say this. I would have lost a lot more money than you on this. Because uh, I'm definitely, I'm definitely betting 20 on that flop with what I had. And then, uh, and then that turn becomes kind of weird. And then if I get, and then once I get to the river, I don't know. Like, I think you can definitely make an argument for raising or calling. So, it was seven ten ten, correct. And the turn is a king. Because I mean, I do think you could get like a a trip tens to call you. Oh, hundred percent. I had the but, player to do it too in the pot with me. Yeah, so I I definitely think. I guess this is some one where sometimes you do make this raise and sometimes you actually just make this call. Oh, I was thinking immediately in the moment that I was going to be raising. Yeah, this was... A, I, was you, I was thinking about shipping it right away. I almost just went all in. I mean, I was so close. And then I paused for a minute and really thought about it. I mean, you played this very well. I mean, you lost, to me, the dead minimum on this hand. Here's the only thing. Your way, if you bet 20 on this flop and she raises to 85, you're obviously folding. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. So you might have lost less. You might have lost more, but that's how I played it. Yeah. Um, here's a pretty interesting one for you. I'm under the gun with pocket kings. I bet 15. I get three callers. Four ways to the flop. The flop comes king 7-7. Seven, seven. So you flop a boat. Um, one of the blinds dogs into me for 20. Um, I call the other two fold. I like the call. That's great. Um, the turn is the five of spades, bringing in a backdoor flush draw. So it's king of clubs, seven of clubs, and then five and seven of spades. Okay. He bets 20 again, but he only has about 120 behind. Okay. Um, I only call. The river is the six of spades, and he then checks. Um. So this at this point would be a jam or I did jam. I okay. put them all in and he just snap called and I was good. Okay. I think I raised the turn there. Uh I'm not sure if it changes anything, but it's I think I do that, but it's to make the jam to kind of cuz I think if he calls that turn, it's like I mean, now he's completely roped in, which I mean, obviously it seems like he was regardless if he's snap calling there. Yeah. Did he show what he had? Um, I did not see. Okay. Well played. I think I mean, he, he might have just had a king. 
I mean, the biggest thing is just to get the stack in there when it's that short. So a good job getting the stack in there. Um, and here's one where I battle against that same person who flopped me dead on the first hand. I have King Eight of Spades. Um, I believe it was in the big blind. The flop comes eight eight deuce rainbow. And this is one where I got to look back at my cards. I'm like, wait, do I have an eight? I do have an eight. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, she bets five. I only call. The turn is the six of hearts. She bets twenty. I only call. This is kind of a weird way to play this. Um, uh, so, I, I, if you're not going to raise the flop, I would have thought you would raise the turn. Um, alarm bells were going off immediately when she bets five again. Okay. That's what she did last hand whenever she flopped a boat. Okay, I gotcha. So, I mean. <laughs> but it, the flop was eight, eight deuce? Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, go go for it. Um, and then the river is the five of spades. Then she bets eighty. I just snap call and she has pocket deuces. I mean, this woman is just flopping boat after boat. I mean, you want to talk <laughs> about the? I mean, you just getting in hands with people who have monsters. Good God! <laughs> I mean, I'm just lucky she didn't jam. Uh, I mean, you're lucky you play. I mean, just good job playing. I mean, again, this is one where I'm probably getting stacked here i mean i'm gonna put her on at the very best like seven a, eight like an eight where yeah like an eight worth of maybe a lower kicker and most people aren't getting away from that so i just they like say really good job on those two hands actually you should have lost a lot more and you ended up playing it good enough not to um and we, we were deep so i mean getting stacked here would have been real hurtful because after that first hand i had to rebuy yeah. Um, and then at this point, I'm already up quite a bit. Okay. On two buy-ins. So, well, so you keep that same energy. So you would have lost a bunch of money on those two hands. 100% I would have. All right. Keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> so this next hand, I have um, ace-jack, and I raised an early position again. I get, what was it, four callers, I believe. Okay. I flop over cards, a backdoor flush draw, and a gut shot. Okay. Um, with the jack. Then I bet 30 into 75. That would be 60 into 60. About half pot. Then I get jammed on for 100 more. Uh, After everyone, everyone folds back. So it's just right. me. Just I, on this one, I don't... I mean, when you were telling me on this, I just could not understand what was going on here because, like, I will uh, bluff into some pots where, like, a flush draw or something, but, I mean, you flopped, like, basically nothing in a multi-way pot. I just thought this was a very much just a check give up. Yeah, instead I called. <laughs> I mean, once, he, once you told me he raised... And you called. I completely am just baffled. I do not know what is going well, on I'd here. I've seen him go all in with um, like middle pocket pairs and stuff over and over again, over and over twice. Okay, but I mean, um, and I miss also those two hands had put me on tilt somewhat. Not gonna lie, and um, 
Yeah, I just called and um, no, I did not win. So <laughs> that's the nature of it. Uh, he flopped a set. So I mean, so oh yeah, so you're almost you're drawing damn near dead. You got to turn outs. I could hit my gut shot. Oh, you could hit your gut shot. Yeah. Well, but that's the nature of gut shots. I didn't hit it. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, sixteen percent of the time you're gonna be you're gonna be happy about that bad play. <laughs> exactly. Then the session is great, but I ended up making squeaking out a pretty good little profit, hundred bucks. Uh, that's pretty nice. And I mean, like I say, hundred bucks, not not great, but I mean, on a session where you probably should have lost. Well, especially dodging all those bullets early. Yeah, it's uh, so that was really a great. Uh, speaking of dodging bullets, I just got back from Paramount tonight, and you want to talk about me? Just mine was just not great play. On like, I had one bullet where I was in there with King Eight suited. Probably in a hand I even shouldn't even be playing because I think it was up up against a raise. And this is exactly why you shouldn't be playing. Is I flopped the flush draw. Uh, I think someone bets. I call. Another private player goes all in. That person calls. I call. It, was, it wasn't all in for a ton. And I'm like, well, I'm getting tons of odds. Uh, this great odds to call here. So I make the call. It checks all the way down. The other guy had the ace high flush draw. So if he we spike a diamond, I told him, I'm gear stacking me. I'm never getting away. God, man. I mean, I've had that happen. I mean, obviously, we've all had that. But, I mean, it's such a relief whenever you see that and you're like, oh, God, this could have been a disaster. Yeah. Because you're sitting in your head. All you're thinking is like diamond, 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 diamond. And then it doesn't come. You're disappointed. But mm-hmm. you're so happy. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was a. Uh... I've had something like that happen at 101 Katie. Where I was like, oh, I would have flopped a boat. And then the guy turned over a bigger boat, and we were so deep. Oh, <laughs> he flopped like aces full of deuces. I had deuces full of aces, <laughs> but I folded pre flop. Some of those folds are like, are exactly what kind of make you. I mean, it's just folding those that, you know, where you don't see, where you should, where you, if you had you seen, you'd have lost a ton of money. Uh, the other, uh, the other one I really dodged. I had a, uh, I had a. It was a double board bomb pot. I know these don't translate well to the podcast, so I'll just give the summary. I have ace queen in my hand. One board comes queen queen six, uh, rainbow. Usually, I'd still be kind of scared here, but there's also a six on the other board, making it basically like if you, this person didn't flop quads, I'm good. Right, he'd have to have literally the only combination of pocket sixes. So someone bets out, I pot it. Uh, everybody else folds. This person call, calls. Now he's not that deep. He's, I think it was only all in for like 150 or something. Uh, and nobody shows and they run it out real quick. And I, I, had, I had also had a 10, spiked a queens over 10s boat on my board. And then he shows me pocket sixes where he flopped a, a flop boat and set. And I was basically dr- drawing very slim to a chop. And we end up chopping. So, I mean, just got so lucky on that one. God, could you imagine if that was for way more money, too? I mean, whew, boy, oh. <laughs> that one could have been so hurtful. Oh, because you know how those bomb pots, they inflate the pot so much. So, yeah, 100%. Uh, so, those were two... Uh, very narrow misses I had. Uh, these are a little more the interesting hands that kind of made or break the session. Uh, 
I have pocket queens. I'm at early position. I raised a 10. Get three callers. The flop is ace high with two spades. Do you have the queen of spades? Mm, I don't think I do. Uh, the, it checks around. So the next one, the turn is a spade, like a lower spade. Mm-hmm. You're making a flush. The big blind leads for 15. I call. The big blind here, to let everybody know, he's the only one who can really have an ace or a flush here because he would have checked in flow. The other two would have uh, played their hand behind me straight up usually. So, but that being said, it's 15 into a decent-sized pot. I've got second pair. I don't know that he has an ace. I call. I definitely did not have a spade now that I think about it. The other players fold. Uh, The river's another spade, putting four spades out there. And I've got pocket queens, no spade. Big blind checks. I decide to turn my pocket queens into a bluff. And I'm like, well, this guy's played this like he might, like he probably has an ace here. So it's a probably not the ace of spades. So I'm going. I bet fifty, and he folds. I wonder if you bluffed him or not. I think so. I think he probably has a this player. I think he probably has an ace here. It's funny because a lot of players, or at least when I started off, I never thought that those four. Four cards um, to a flush were good bluffing cards, but they're actually so good because it is basically like if they even they they either have a good spade at that point or they're folding. Yeah, it's exactly. Well, when he checks the river, I mean he's never doing that if he has a high if he got to his high spade. <laughs> and when I call the turn, I could call that turn with a lot of sp- like king of spades or something like that in kind of drawing because I was getting great odds. So I felt like it was a good in-the-moment bluff. I don't, I'm don't. i not great about turning hands into bluffs that have showdown value, but this is one where I thought this was a, a situation where it really worked out well. I mean, yeah, definitely. Uh, this was an interesting uh, pocket jacks. I raise preflop to 10. There's four to the flop. The flop is six, seven, four. Not a great flop for me in a very multi-way pot. Uh, I did not raise ten because that wouldn't have uh, done that. Uh, I think it, I don't think I raised to fifteen here. I think there was a limp behind me, but we go four to the flop. A player donks twenty. I call. I don't love this flop, but it is. I still have an overpair. It still could be good. Another player calls. The turn is a ten. Not my favorite because it makes the the open the open ended straight draw for eight nine. Uh, but it does check around. The river's a jack, giving me a set of jacks, but on a very connected board. Uh, player in late position bets twenty. I still feel like I have too much value to just call here, and I raise to sixty. What do you uh, What do you think of that? <laughs> Yikes! You want to talk about the thinnest value going for? It's a uh, well. I was like, I can get two pair maybe to call lower Yikes. sets or anything like that. So 
I was thinking about only calling, but I, I guess as played when it checks so much like that, I feel like you got to go for some value here, right? Uh, that's what I thought. I when, I thought when it checked the turn, I was like, well, I mean, how many people are just checking their maid straight there? Uh, yeah, because at first glance, I was like, I'm just calling because it's just such a crummy board. But then once you brought up raising, now I'm kind of liking that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think most of the time I would just call. <laughs> but now I think you kind of sold me on this. Uh, I raised a 60, player does call, and I'm good. Yeah, so. that was really good value there to go for. Yeah, I was. Uh, I kind of enjoyed. I guess that. once he checks that turn, you gotta be good, right? Uh, that was kind of my thinking. I was like, well, I think I think he might be capped here to like two pair to a set, and I think he might still be a. Uh, he still might call those. Yeah, I guess I was still shell shocked from my last session where everyone just had it every time. Oh well, if you had done any of this your last session, you're just getting stacked. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like. Uh, I have one. I'm not going to go over this hand, but it was really nice. Uh, just a nice little one too. It's a uh, everybody. There's a bed. Like a ton of people call. I have Ace King and make it 90, and everybody folds. What? It limped and you made it 90? No, it was a bed. Uh, there uh, was a ton of calls. Uh, it was like I, I thought, 15. I, I thought you said the whole table limped, so you made it 90 at one two. I was like. What are you doing? I mean, you know what one, you know, those ones, man, they're valuable. Uh, no, it was a, so a nice squeeze spot where I picked up like 60 bucks, almost uncontested. Uh, the only other hand that really was kind of interesting here, a player straddles and then there's a call. I make it 20 with pocket nines. Uh, player calls and then a, the straddle makes it 60. What do you do here with pocket nines? Okay. So you made it 20, you said, and he made it 60? Correct. How much or how deep are you? Uh, so, let me see. I must have been like about 440. Oh, I'm just folding. but Okay. Uh, I call. The okay. field caller calls, and because I, no, I put 380 effective to the flop. 380 effective. I'm definitely folding. Uh, 60 pre-flop. The flop is queen 6-3. It checks. The first player checks. The three better makes it 45. I'm like, well, it's 180 in the pot. I've got second pair. I think this is a call. Sure. Okay. I mean, I, mean, I don't know. It yeah. Seems like this is one that's destined to be off the rails. Yeah. I mean, all right. Okay. The other player folds. The turn is a jack. He checks it. He checks in the dark, actually. And I was like, I might bet here. Like, I mean, that seems like an ace king thing. And then a jack comes on the turn, and I'm like, well, he would do, he would check in the dark with pocket jacks here, thinking I have a queen and stuff like that. I check it. The river's a queen. And it goes check, check. And I beat 7-7. Seven, seven. That's enjoyable. Yeah. It was a... So that was like... I thought it kind of... I think like calling the three-bet hands always lead to kind of like an interesting situation, especially with a hand like that. Well, definitely because they're less played, right? Like oh, we, we have less of them in our sessions. 100%. Uh, the same player, I have Jack-10 suited. Jack-10 to diamonds. Uh, I bet 20. I think there might have been a straddle for me to bet that. 
uh, goes around to him. He three bets me again to 60. What do you do there? Again, how deep are we? That's the only thing. That's my only question. I think fairly deep. I think it was like probably about, I probably started the handout with five, 500, 550 maybe. I didn't see that deep for this. Well, no. I mean, like, <laughs> well, I mean, do you even want to be that deep? I mean, Jack 10, I don't know what I'm really hoping for. I mean, it's not like it's a, like, unless I hit a straight, I'm not say, sure I even want to be that goddamn deep. I can tell you exactly what you want. Ace, king, queen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Preferably diamonds. Uh, um, I don't know. I think this is still, I mean, I don't know if you're deep enough to do this. Um, I mean, I, think it's a fold right so what i've been doing i'm not saying i would i meant to run this in before uh, the podcast just in one of the simulators to see what it said uh but i've done a, on some of these that are three bets what i'll do is i've put some of the broadway calling cards that are suited into my calling range and folding the offsuit ones jack 10 might still should be a fold because you are just so dominated by so many other Broadway hands. Oh, yeah. Uh, I do make the call. You're just uh, a calling machine this session, huh? I'm a calling machine. <laughs> uh, I hit a jack. Once I hit that jack, I'm not going anywhere very easily. He, he leads for half pot. Once I hit the jack, I'm calling, right? Because now ace king, ace queen, I've, I'm beating and all of that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, who's and a, I did have a backdoor straight draw. Say, so who's who's to stop you from calling? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it seems like if they put any amount of money in your calling, <laughs> that seems to be the uh, deal right there. I mean, uh, three bet pot, top pair, crummy kicker. Let's do this. All right, so you call. <laughs> is where I like to live, man. Uh, the turn. What was the turn? It was a pretty. So you better say a ten for this hand to keep going. <laughs> I mean, it was a. Uh, it was not a great turn. I I forget, but it, he ends up betting sixty on like kind of a blank turn. I think. Wait, I, was it a good card or a bad card? You just said it was a bad card. They said it was a blank. It was a blank. Well, I mean, I think it was just a random card. I mean, just like we'll call it five of clubs. Oh, okay, okay, but uh, definitely not an over card to the jack. If I was thinking an, an over card, what you're gonna say at first when you said a bad card? I'm like an ace, and I still continue. <laughs> uh, the uh, that's what I was thought you were about to say. I was like, what is happening? Yeah. Uh, he bet 60. I mean, now I'm getting very good odds. I mean, I end up making the call. I mean, this guy listened to last week's podcast where I just told you if you have a better hand, just keep betting small and Clint will keep calling. Yeah, that might be it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> tell you what, worked like a charm. I was going to say, you better have won this hand because this has just gone off the rails. The river's a king. It goes check, check. And he shows over a queen jack for a jack with a better kicker. <laughs> So, and that's basically where I ended the session right there. I mean, I feel like when you're in a three-bet pot calling top pair shitty kicker all the way down, that's about time to get up. What happened? Uh, yeah, it was a... Uh, well, I mean, like, once you make that call, you're definitely calling the flop bet, right? You're just not hitting a, calling, hitting a jack and just being like, well, I'm just folding, right? I mean, sometimes when he bets, I mean... I mean, when he's betting the turn, that's really the truth serum here. Where I mean, I'm really hoping to see it check there on that turn. Oh, I mean, trust me, you and me both, but that's not what happened. 
bed. Well, I mean, I can he bet that. I can chalk up him betting the flop as like a C bet, and I can hold on. Once he bets the turn, I mean, I'm definitely not looking to play for this amount of money with this holding. Yeah, neither was I, but that's where I was. <laughs> uh, I end up taking, after uh, including time into my uh, If call, he would have showed you his cards, would you have called anyway? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, it seemed like nothing was... You seem like you're on a mission that hand to I mean, get to show down. This guy, I mean, I don't know. He, he, I, don't, I don't like to be bluffed. Uh, you might be showing me something, doing a magic <laughs> trick or something. Uh, so I end up making a profit of $115 on this uh, on this session. Nothing great, but it's nice to uh, end up with a profit at any point in time. 100%. Especially when I'm calling down with hands like that. <laughs> I was about to say, I was like... I mean, always great to win, right? That's basically the moral of the story. Yeah, we don't cover uh, a ton of tournaments. Uh, a friend had me go to the Texas Card House Friday, which I do think is probably one of the best one day, one day daily, uh, weekly tournaments in Houston. The fifteen thousand guarantee at Texas Card House that literally gets up to well over. It seems like twenty thousand every single night. It goes up on Friday. Uh, <laughs> this is, I mean, literally, like, I played one of the best hands I've ever played, followed by the biggest punt I've ever played. Uh, so I three bet a, like, I do nothing for the, like, first, you're super deep stacked in this tournament. So I do nothing for, like, three hours, and then end up, end up uh, picking up some pots and everything, and I've got a decent amount. I end up three betting ace king. Okay, I like this. Okay. Get called. A, a three bet into a, I think it was a like a raise, like a multi-way, because it was a gigantic to the flop. And one player calls. I completely miss. I have the king of hearts, and it's all hearts. And I whiff everything else. Uh, he checks to me. I bet. He goes all in. So it was three hearts on the Three flop. hearts on the board. Uh, he goes all in. I start thinking, I think it was, I'm like, well, I've got the king of hearts. I said, trust me. After last time, we know you're calling. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I mean, all, 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 my fold button is broken. I was about to say, you do not have to tell me that you called. We know. Yeah. <laughs> or the thought process that led to it. <laughs> yeah. It was a, uh. Well, he bets, like, I think I bet, like, a third pot, and I think he goes all in for just over pot. He, do you, are you calling here? There was no straight. There's obviously a flush out there. Uh, I did have two overs. Uh, so, I, my thought was... Do you think this was a savvy enough player to realize that when you kind of bet small there that you might be weak and he could be stealing it? This guy seems super wreck, really. This seems even worse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't say it's great. Uh, but my thinking was, like, if he has top pair, I'm actually ahead here. Right, percent-wise. Uh, if he's got a made flush, I've still got a ton of outs. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm still, I mean, still going to be, you know, close to one to three, and I'm getting decent odds. So, uh, so kind of for the odds you're getting... You're never really in that bad of shape, unless you flop the ace high flush. But yeah, that was—I don't know. I think for the odds, I'm—I 
kind of leaning towards a call. I mean, I call with Ace Jack, so I'm definitely calling two. Who am I lying to? So, <laughs> I mean, the only thing I really didn't want to see was Ace high, was an Ace High flush draw with a pair. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'll tell you what, you didn't want to see too, and with an Ace High flush. That's fair too. Say, that's there's fair. tons of stuff you don't want to see. Yeah, that's uh. <laughs> well, I mean, like all the pairs, I have good outs. Even if right. he has flopped like a set, I've still got pretty good outs here too. Uh, I make the call, and I'm good with Ace High. He had nothing. He didn't even have a heart in his hand to be drawing to. Dang, that's crazy. So everybody's like, holy crap. They're like, I would have folded. There's no way. I believed it and all that. And I don't think everybody realized the odds I was getting. And But, I mean, everybody's just stunned that I just called my almost my entire stack uh, in a tournament that was pretty big with ace high and ended up good. It is interesting how it's almost more impressive whenever it's a bigger tournament than it would be in a cash game sometimes to some people just because if you're out, you're done. Oh, 100%. I mean, there's no more playing. So you're not only are you risking your money, you're risking your entertainment for the night. Yeah. I do feel Which, like every uh, <laughs> hand, like, just, it's, uh, yeah, it seems like it maximizes. Like it shouldn't matter, right? Like yeah. why does it matter that this call was only worth, what, $300? And if you would made the same call for 1500 in a 1-3 game, this still seems pretty impressive. You know, it's, it's weird how that kind of, factors in there oh it's very weird oh it's definitely weird like from like how turn it like yeah the tournament hands go from cash hands it's just completely different uh so i am pretty proud of this i'm i mean one of the better calls i've ever made uh and i'm 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 feeling pretty damn good about myself i've got a good stack i just i just you know so it's like you just all met the new chip leader yeah i, I am feeling i'm feeling frisky feeling good so it folds around to me to the button. I have six, eight of spades. I'm like, I f- definitely feel like this is open from the button. I bet and get three bet. Like, well, okay. This is definitely a fold from the button. I fold. First time all podcast. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it comes around to me again, and I get pocket fives in the cutoff. Folds around to me. I raise. Goes to the big blind. Fold, fold. Goes to the big blind. He three bets me. Me and you, one of our, it seems like one of the leaks we share is when we get three bet multiple times. A lot of times we don't, you know, go to card distribution or variance. Seems to feel like we're getting targeted. And uh-huh. Yeah, 100%. It almost never are. I mean, it literally just lives in our heads. <laughs> Yeah, but, and every time I've thought this, I've always left with no money. Yeah. Because <laughs> guess what? I get to see, like, aces. So, kings. So, I mean, what goes through my head is I can't just fold these people all night, even though it's happened twice. <laughs> and your chip leader. Now yeah. you start bullying back. So, I choose pocket fives to go into a massive three-bet pot. I mean, you want to talk about... A punt. I mean, because, like, if you are going to make this, I mean, you have to do something that's going to at least flop well. Like, if you don't flop a five, where are you at? <laughs> With an underpair. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly where you're living. I make the call, which is probably just, I mean, unforgivable call. Uh, I have a Jack 10 hand I'll tell you about later, but. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> yeah, no shit. Uh, so it comes 10 high. The guy bets pot. I have like 30,000 more chips than pot. And again, this could be a fold. 
It's possible, yes. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> I mean, I'll go with this. I had the right to fold, but I did not have the ability to fold. Gosh, we know. <laughs> so if there's anything we learned on this podcast this week, you were not folding. So it goes to my hand, like all the three betting hands. You can have an ace-king, ace-queen, ace-jack suited, king-queen suited. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm beating all of them. I'm here. It got an SPR of one. So because I was a dipshit and it called a three bet pot with pocket five, but I'd have an SPR of goddamn one. So I'm like, well, I'm all in. Well, I mean, dude, literally snap calls. I mean, I mean, it looked like Phil Helmy was in the chat. What he yeah. does that call? Uh, he's got pocket aces. I'm drawing to two outs. So, oh, so, funny. so follow. So, yeah, great hand followed by. I mean, I'm just a piece of shit poker player. Uh, and that's all those girls on the dating apps will see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, just this guy hemorrhaging money with pocket fives. Uh, so I end up. I wasn't. I actually was left with just a few chips and ran that crap all the way back to just bubble. I mean, it was just going all in. But those were super sad to get. To hit a home run, just to just to, like strike out when the pitcher throws the ball at the dugout. <laughs> and so that was a uh, that was great. It's uh, it's, uh I don't know. do you ever think how do we even have a podcast? I mean, I think how do I have a no? I think how do I have a bank, poker bankroll? Literally, I have to look at my poker bankroll tracker every day to even believe I'm a winning player. Don't don't understand it. I mean, all my thing is is people must be so bad because I, I should not be. Uh, so that was a that was a whiff of a tournament on my on my own. I mean, can't like you know the poker tournaments are variants. No, that's just all me. And then you raised up the point that I didn't even think about was if you don't make that play, how deep that run could have been. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Because I mean, because I ran so great after that, and all those hands still would have played. It's not like they just I got money because it was short-handed. Like all of them were like big hands versus bigger hands, where I just did better. So yeah, a hundred percent would have. Uh, it was kind of what could have been type thing, but I mean, that's the nature of that. So. Shit happens. Hundred uh, percent. Uh, so I only have one other session. I went to Vivid. Uh, to uh, I went to the private game and ended up playing cash for a couple hours. We do uh, the first hand. I end up with queen ten, and I caught a straddle from early position. We were short-handed. Like normally, I'm not going to make this call with a Broadway with uh, two Broadway cards like this, but because it is short-handed, I I feel like I can go ahead and make a call. The flop is ten jack jack. I bet eight into twenty-five in one person calls. A the turn is a queen. I'm like, well, it's unlikely this person has has flop trips. I think they're more likely to have a ten here. So I bet twenty. Do do you think I should be betting here? Um, I don't mind it. I mean, I still. You know, gained equity over a ten, like a random ten. 
Yeah, I think so. I think I don't mind it, especially if you're going a bit small. Like I know you're going to. Yeah, I bet twenty. He calls River Five. Do you ever think about betting twenty again? It's exactly what I did. Oh wow. Yeah, I bet twenty. I feel like it's a it's a ten. Uh, I feel like a jack would have raised. He calls and shows king queen for a queen with a better kicker. So wow. that's disappointing. Yeah, I mean it was. I mean, I bet. I mean, it is one of those things that you do have to value own yourself every now and then, or else you're not going enough. I mean, I felt like that was a time where I, I can justify value owning myself a little bit. Yeah, that's not outrageous. So, uh, so I end up with pocket kings. One of the big action players bets 15. I three bet to 45. Another fairly decent action player calls. The flop is queen, five, four, two spades. Uh, so 45, 90, 135. I bet small, as I'm known to do in these spots. Uh, I bet 45 and both call. So now this has gotten to be a pretty big uh, pot. The turn is the six of spades. Uh, not a great card to see. Uh, the flushes get there, but only have 135 left in what is a massive pot now. Uh, I go all in for 135, and they both fold. I mean... What? Yeah. It's a, uh, well, and here's the other thing is, I mean, you want to talk about, like, like you, we were talking about my image in this game. Well, we'll, talk, we'll bring this up next podcast. It'll be an interesting topic. Okay, but it's going to come into play right here, right now. All right, well, go it's for a, it. <laughs> uh, so the action player folds ace-queen for top pair, top kicker. The action player folds that, which I was like, oh, God, my image is way too tied up in here, which is weird because I've done some bluffing in there, but, I mean, it was, I was like, oh, I mean, that's definitely value I should have gotten there. Yeah, I mean... Goes to show for showing bluffs how important. I mean, just because you've done some bluffing doesn't matter to them unless you get caught or show it, right? That's true. And I've, yeah, I mean, for the most part, I've been really good about getting away with it there. So. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, they're just, like I said, we'll talk about the, your whole image, at, how you can kind of plan your image and knowing your image next podcast. That's probably a good, uh, that would be a good Say It's too, good too long of a topic to break out at 55 minutes, but. Yeah, uh, so there's one other hand. I end up with six, seven of spades, call a raise, and then get three bet to, it was, it was big. It was like a hundred, it was like, I think a hundred. God. Uh, problem being is the raise was like to 20, and then it goes call, 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 call. And I'm like, well, it's now $80 to win about 600 uh, probably calling. I mean, I just I just make the call. I mean, it's I mean definitely gambling here a little bit, but I uh, I make the call. The person behind me makes the call, uh, and I flop a seven. I mean, it's not top pair, uh, but I do have backdoor flush and straight draw. I mean, this is gonna be such a disaster. I mean, right when again. it goes all when the person goes all in, I mean, it's now like I have I only have like a hundred and forty yeah. behind in what is now a. Uh, I mean, you're probably calling with like pocket deuces here. Yeah, I mean, really, in all honesty, it's just if I have any outs at all, and I figure like the like a seven is live, a six is live, and the back door draws are, I'm just just calling it and hoping. I mean, knowing you're gonna lose most of the time, but it's I mean, probably profitable in the long, long run. 
I mean, the longest, but I mean, I understand yeah. you. I mean, this is just, you're, you're here now. So I call, uh, and it runs out. I miss everything. Uh, and someone takes it down with pocket Kings, meaning that my six or seven was live. So that's good. Yeah. No, I mean, like you said, you're going to lose it a ton of the time, but I mean, once it's like a hundred bucks to win all the money, I mean, it's worth that shot for sure. Yeah. Oh, 100 Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, I end up losing 220, 220 in the game. Uh, so, it's a... Uh, not the worst. Yeah, not the worst. I mean, it, like it's a game where I've really uh, had a good run in, and it was just bound to happen. Well, I guess on that note, this concludes the Tex Wilker Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. That was the Texas Poker Podcast. Go ahead and rack up. Add time and we'll see you next week.